Good afternoon and welcome to Burst of Bubble Live on CanFM, a show about unusual news stories. I'm Michael Cantario, and with me this week are my regular co-host Chris Moten. Hello. And our guest Rich Wareham. Hello. Let's get straight into the stories um, with, with a, a London story, um, just from a couple of days ago. Uh, with um, a the story hard- in that there London place, you know. <laughs> a local story for Cambridge. <laughs> oh, that's a burst of bubble. It's outside the Cambridge bubble. Oh, just okay, about. Well, okay, a London story, then. London is just about. Full of London people with their London problems. Yeah. Now, this is not going to be about that large sporting event, is it? Which I was surprised to see that there was a London story that's not a large, about that large sporting event. But go on, sorry, yeah. introduce it. Yeah, that's still two weeks away, so we're, we're, we're allowed to ignore it just for a little bit longer. You mean it, it's two times the definition of a long time? <laughs> <laughs> But um, what we've got here is um, the Hard Rock Calling event uh, in... Um, <laughs> what's that amusing about that? that you, you said Hard Rock Calling, like John Humphreys might, you know. <laughs> yeah. If there was a story on the Today programme when he was like, and in further news today, at London's Hard Rock Calling. <laughs> sort of uh, Some, as if John Humphreys was saying, and there's been an event happening on Facebook.com. <laughs> yeah. And you can tweet at us. <laughs> Essentially, you're if not- you're modern like that. <laughs> I'm not sure whether to take this as a compliment or an insult. Uh, well, um, you should take it as a compliment, although I'm sure it was meant as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, the hard rock calling! Is that fair? <laughs> yeah, I, I like the way you rocked out there. That was pretty good, actually. Uh... Hard rock calling in London's Hyde Park. So you've adopted a, a Yorkshire accent there for <laughs> if you're being cool about the hard rock calling. Yeah. That's what John Humphreys does as well. He goes, "Excuse me, uh, at today's hard rock calling." <laughs> oh dear, sorry. James Doherty puts on a Welsh accent, sort of loses the thread a bit. <laughs> anyway, what happens? Should we make, it, should we make, it, to the, should we make it to the start of the story? No, yeah. I'm far too much fun. <laughs> Uh, no. What was was there actually hard rock, or was there sort of exceptionally soft rock in a way that people who think they like soft rock, hard rock, actually are only liking soft rock because hard rock is is not very popular. I, I don't know what hard rock would be. I mean, like, how do you how do you measure the hardness of a sound? Well, my only sort of data point would be Lordy with hard rock hallelujah. <laughs> so you start with that and you remove anything that's to do with praising the Lord, <laughs> and that must therefore be what hard rock is. <laughs> what about the hard rock cafe? Ah, so you're suggesting that actually it's the union of <laughs> Finnish people dress up as monsters and burgers <laughs> is in fact what hard rock is. It sounds actually mm. pretty good, actually. I think I might be into hard rock because <laughs> I like both burgers and people dressed up as monsters. <laughs> um, but th- and th- Finnish people, actually. And <laughs> this hard rock calling in London's Hyde Park, uh, they had uh, Bruce Springsteen as the headline act and he welcomed on Sir Paul McCartney to um Was he supporting songs. him? Is it like Springsteen's, Springsteen being supported by Sir Paul McCartney? Or was it just Sir Paul McCartney was, was wandering around, Bruce Bin said, hey Paul, look, I see you down there, come up on stage. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Bruce Springsteen with Paul McCartney. You know, you know how you get, you, you get all of these um, collaborations like, in music and it's always just like one artist and then kind of like in brackets with somebody else even if the somebody else actually has the best bit of the bits of the song it's similar to breakfast cereals you know fortified <laughs> with iron sprinkled with paul mccartney i see you're right I, but you then all, wheat. all breakfast cereals come with sort of riboflavin and vitamin b12 are you saying that in just in general <laughs> the government at some point will mandate that 
all <laughs> pop songs have to come with a sort of recommended daily allowance of Paul McCartney and <laughs> other, other yeah, Beatles are available. No <laughs> other Beatles are available. The Beatles have not been available for quite some time. Paul McCartney is the only available Beatle. Yeah, <laughs> you can sample old tracks. That's the same. It's like those, um, you know, those messages on US political adverts where you have to have the candidate appear at the end you know and the rest oh, yeah, of the yeah, ad has, has been has, has been all like you know Mitt Romney eats babies uh, and then the very end has to have him sort of going my name's Mitt Romney and I approve this message that's how Mitt Romney <laughs> which how would Mitt be a strange talks. thing for Mitt uh, Romney to approve wouldn't it <laughs> He was going for the like the hardcore vote. Oh yeah, he, sort he, of like, like, like baby hard vote. rock. Yeah, vote. Yeah. So on a similar lines, like at the very end, like you'd be playing some like deathcore, and you, you know the, the last chord would ring away. Your audience would slowly unblock their ears, and then Paul McCartney would would appear and just sort of go and Paul McCartney. <laughs> this is a legal song. <laughs> That'd be super. Uh, well, there'd have to be sort of just an approved list because I imagine Paul McCartney would be quite busy if he had to legally appear at the end of every single concert. So perhaps Bruce Springsteen and Paul McCartney could, should share the work. I mean, who else would you have on this list of sort of of canonical pop stars to put at the end of all conferences? The conferences, concerts, rather <laughs> conferences. Uh, your Komsky is, is yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You could probably get away with Krista Burr, uh, which probably that would mainly be to troll Bill Bailey. Because <laughs> if you woke up one day and found that Krista Burr was a mandatory ingredient in every song, I, I think he would explode. <laughs> so we have Bruce Springsteen, uh, Paul McCartney, and Krista Burr yep. being being the the triumvirate of British <laughs> pop. And if you've got any other suggestions, please email them in studio at camfm.co.uk or using the web form if you're listening online at camfm.co.uk. And you can also text CAM plus your message to 80809. That will cost you 10 pence. Now, we, we can actually get to the actual story. We actually story. get to the story, because so far we know that it happened in the Hull Rock Calling and it had something to do with Bruce Springsteen and uh, Paul McCartney. But what actually happened? Uh, Tell the, me. Um, because um, they were only licensed until half past ten for playing live music, the organisers of the concert switched off all the microphones um, after they'd done a couple of songs together um, before they could actually thank the crowds. And in my head, I'm just hoping that this came right in the middle of a sentence. Okay, and I would like to... D- <laughs> I think the problem is that it's the headline that makes this into a news story. If you were to say, in London today, two 60-year-old men were silenced after having spoken far too long and staying up too late, that would not be a headline, would it? No. (laughs) I sense a disturbance in the force as if two great singers have been silenced. I quite liked uh, that... um a member of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, uh, Mr. Stephen Van Zant, which is a pretty damn cool name, uh, but he, uh, he 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 responded to being silenced in this way by taking to Twitter uh, and and writing uh, writing that uh, English cops have prevented eighty thousand people from having a good time. Adding, when did England become a police state? <laughs> which is. I, I, this I find quite hard to sympathise with. It's a, it's a real sort of oh, did the council take your toys away? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> did, they t- you- did they tell you you stayed up too late and it's about time you went to bed? It's a police state, I say. Rise up in revolution right now. And- we want to hear that one by Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to and think McCartney. of a Springsteen song. I couldn't hear, think of a single Springsteen song. And what you had to understand is it wasn't the police. It was the actual sort of conference organisers. And and actually, sort of physically, it would have been someone.
someone who was there at work that's what you have to think about the person who did this was there they were at work it had got to half past ten they probably wanted to go to bed or go home or maybe <laughs> just get on the pub quick enough to get a quick one in yeah um, and it gets to this sort of point and at that point that person does not care whether it's Bruce Springsteen or, or Paul McCartney it, that person just knows that if they press the button they can go home and get a pint <laughs> and at that point I, I challenge anyone to not want to switch it off yeah <laughs> you'd better have your car started though because you're gonna have <laughs> Stephen van zandt running down the road after you going well you'll Organizers. be okay because all of the roads would have been clear to let all the people out the stadium <laughs> so if they got on there later you'd be the only person that could get home <laughs> oh i noticed actually in the co- in the little um caption thing if you scroll up a bit again chris the uh, the actual band member is not called Stephen van zandt he's called Stephen van zandt brackets r like he's copyrighted his own name yeah it's like registered trademark of the eastery <laughs> brand it's <laughs> deep brand brand oh yeah yeah just to make it hard to say there's there another point that apparently um a bbc reviewer was there and said that the uh, guys on stage didn't couldn't actually tell that their microphones had been turned off so <laughs> they just milled around for a bit and were shouting out to the crowd and just like going, why has everyone gone quiet all of a sudden? Didn't this happen to like Paul McCartney when he, he did his sort of big comeback in Live Aid? He'd sort of gone off the scene for about 10 years and it was going to be his big thing. And he came on and they forgot to switch the mic on. So for the first minute of his, his <laughs> major comeback performance after being away for 10 years on Live Aid, no one could hear a thing. <laughs> they didn't even know what he was singing. I don't fairly sure that happened. If, if it's not Live Aid, someone email in and tell me what actual concert it was. I'd be surprised if it was possible for that to happen, because you'd need to have the guy in the sandbox sat there sort of going, well, I don't make much of Macca. He sounds a bit like a restless crowd to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, Practically it's, tuneless. Well, it's because it was so complicated in Live Aid that they had to have three stages that were rotating around each other. Um, although they just switched the wrong stage on, so you just got to hear all the roadies <laughs> trying to set the next ba- band up instead of Paul McCartney. I think, I think it was Live Aid, because I remember watching a... Um, um, uh, one of those documentary things on BBC Four. Where a they documentary get, thing? Yeah, when the, one of those sort of ones where they get loads of actors who sort of look a little bit like the people who were very, actually genuinely famous to sort of reenact some bits of their life. And this one was following Bob Geldof during the Live Aid bit with a guy who looked grumpy and Irish playing Bob Geldof and a guy <laughs> who looked sort of earnest and Liverpudlian playing uh, Paul McCartney and uh, some poor chap in the sound booth who realised his mistake too late. <laughs> And even BBC Four beeped the famous bit that that um, Bob Geldof said live on afternoon telly about uh, making sure that everyone to donates oh, the to correct amount of money. Yes. <laughs> we sort of segued a bit. Sorry, what were we actually talking about? Uh, we, were to- we were talking about Bruce Springsteen and Paul McCartney getting cut off at the end of a show. Ah, not at the beginning of a show. Well, I suppose that's that's the better way around. Uh, You've had your money's worth at that point. But but, but Boris Johnson has provided us with a wonderful quote. I say provided us, not us, the world. That's not information. That's that's just a statement that's always true. (laughs) He said, if they'd have called me, my answer would have been for them to jam in the name of the Lord. (laughs) I can can just imagine him saying that. I really can. Oh, my Lord. I I loved his remark that he said that the decision to end the the concert was was excessively efficacious or... (laughs) Efficacious. How do you pronounce that word? Well, where, which word? Like, highlight it for me. E f f i c a c i o u s. Excessively efficacious. Efficacious. It is efficacious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm almost certain that the meaning of that word is that it works. 
you know is is like it's um, essentially a way to say effective if you want to hide what you're actually talking about yes so like <laughs> so by saying that it's excessively efficacious he seems to be suggesting that he did want them to end the concert but not very well <laughs> that you know he wanted somebody to come on the stage and be all guys guys you gotta stop or the council's gonna gonna string us up from the from the Hampstead gallows uh, and and Stephen Van Zant would like whack him on the head with a guitar and they'd like drag him off the stage and then send you know like roadie number two you know like um like the stormtrooper attack pattern you yeah know, like send one out at a time every time Van Zant clubbers one of them <laughs> send another one uh, and, uh, so, and so on you know pa- and eventually the pile is pile is so big that uh, the stage climate, collapses uh, and well, then <laughs> i was thinking more they're just climbing up on the people the uh, roadies that have been knocked out so high that van zandt can no longer reach them with the guitar so <laughs> you can tick him off from a high vantage point <laughs> yeah, yeah i like to think that maybe actually it's one of those uh, those lost laws you know like you uh, have in the middle of uh, york where you're still technically allowed to shoot welshman on site or something scotsman scotsman because, uh, sorry because oh, of the location uh, well, of the yeah, <laughs> Yeah. You're probably allowed to s- shoot Welshmen, but you'd have to ask some questions about what the Welshmen. I like, like to think that the sort of the legislation, which is nowadays what sort of covers uh, noise pollution in com- concerts, actually goes uh, all the way back to when the uh, the perpetrators would have been dragged on a on a fence through the streets of London and pelted with <laughs> rotten tomatoes. I like to think the idea that somewhere some conference organizer, with the concert organizer, <laughs> was getting there going, "Well, I need to either press this button and cut the thing, or we need to somehow convince Paul McCartney and Bruce Springsteen to have rotten vegetables thrown at them." <laughs> oh, Oh no! This is a dilemma. What should I do? There's, there's nothing in the handbook. That's the only way. It's like, like the security guards at the front have to all turn around and start loving tomatoes. Exactly. It's, it's, it's going to be one of the sort of wonderful ancient laws. <laughs> oh. Uh, moving on, we've got another uh, London-based story, but this one is about that sporting festival which you mentioned earlier. Well, now you see, you have to be careful about this, because I've seen all manner of sort of weird things about what you can and can't say about the sporting festival, so I think we should name it after a different big mountain. Has anybody got any good idea? Ben like, Nevis. So, the, yeah, the Ben Nevis is... is. <laughs> the, yeah, the Ben Nevis, right, okay. So what happened to the Ben Nevis this time? Um, well, uh, uh, in the uh, Ben Nevis um, stadia and stuff, um, McDonald's are able to sell, well, chip, they, chips, well, actually fries, uh, but no one else is allowed to sell chips. And or on, fries. Without, on, apart from a specific exemption for fish and chips. I don't know whether, I don't know how much fish Well, this it is requires. a good question. It doesn't have to be an atom of fish, which would make it non-vegetarian, <laughs> admittedly, but, well, unless you're Catholic. <laughs> well, so, it, what would you do when you, like, you'd bought your thing and you had your unwanted little, you know, fishlet? <laughs> Perhaps it would be sort of, you could buy your chips and then delicately balanced on top is a single sushi roll. <laughs> <laughs> a flake of, a flake of fish. A flake of fish, yeah. And there'd be a convenient shoot by the stall where you can chuck your unwanted piece of fish that they get know, recycled and, and, and at, at the bottom of it there is one massive cat <laughs> who's <laughs> looking very happy who was or behind the McDonald's deal in the, the first place the fish and chip stall there is actually a sushi stall by which you can donate your piece of sushi <laughs> <laughs> it'd be so, there'd be like price tiers depending on how gross the person was who'd handled it <laughs> exactly you know you could have some sort of proper floor sushi from someone who's just been hoovered up around the chip shop when everyone wants it up to uh <laughs> sushi that's been handled by a number of famous celebrities maybe yeah yeah, indeed, yeah. <laughs> the queen herself has uh, has, has, uh, has bought chips sushi. at the stall and handled this role <laughs> uh, but now um they're, 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 they've had people complaining people who are trying to set up the opening and closing ceremony of the ben nevises and uh, who, who, the, who? Hang on, wait. The people are trying to set it up wants to sell chips. No, they, they, they want to be able to buy chips oh, at right. the staff canteen. Oh, and, uh, oh I and see. And now, now they now they have been given permission. 
uh, solely in the staff canteen to provide chips without Couldn't they fish? sort of work around by buying tokens and then the chips are technically being given away, but you need to give them a token or something? I think you would have invented a currency if you do that. Well, that's true. Because well, other, otherwise you could, for example, like, you know, sell cocaine at the Olympics by going, I'm just giving away I'd like <laughs> substances that I found around my house I'd like in to exchange th- for meaningless plastic discs. I'd like to uh, see what the actual rules are about this, whether McDonald's are exclusive purveyors of chips or fries or both. Because as we all know, being true Englishmen and possibly true UKians, UK-ishness people, th- there's a big difference between chips and fries being that one of them is nice and the other one are American. Yeah, being, being that one of them are kind of like fried potatoes and the other one make little Turkish delights in, in chocolate. Yeah, yeah, uh, well... Uh, <laughs> see what you did See there. what you did there. <laughs> I'd like to think a bit more... <laughs> we, we, need, we, need, we, need a, we need a see what you did there jingle just just, just to put me down in, in my place, I think. Rich, one, two, three. I, I see, see what, what you, you did, did there. there. <laughs> you can snip that out and then use it every time. It should be like a little uh, button. Right, put it on the... Uh, the whatever the technical term for the thing that makes noises when you click it is <laughs> it's a computer rich <laughs> no no, no that's the <laughs> it's the noiso prod <laughs> put it on the noiser prod it's yeah. a sonicatron <laughs> so there's now the happy news that uh, people can uh, sell chips with impunity within a certain distance of the ben nevis no no, no only only the uh, staff caterers what? so the, the rest of it is still uh the, ed- the edifice still stands. But, but people can sell an arbitrary number of chips with some unit of fish. It's not clear, but that's, that, that, is, that is what I'm going to assume, because it sounds a lot nicer. It does. Well, yeah. I, I'm just, if that were the case, I imagine there would be a whole sort of industry of people selling a scale and chips. <laughs> or, or a single scallop. Or anything that would be one quantum of fish. I don't know about quantum of fish. <laughs> quantum of fish. It sounds like a James Bond parody. <laughs> You could probably, um, you'd probably have to hide the fact that you were doing it. So you'd need, you'd need to give them the fish and chips, and then the customer would need to be, make a big show of being disappointed with how little fish they had obtained. Uh, and yes. go, how dare you, vendor? Why, you have ripped me right off. I was expecting proper fish and chips. Thank you, thank you very much. Take the- <laughs> I'd like to have the concept that, that somewhere some poor person is now for hand-battering anchovies as we speak. <laughs> Um, or white bait. That's what white bait basically is, isn't it? You can have a single white bait and <laughs> chips. If you've got uh, any comments on either of the stories that we've covered so far, you can get in touch with us, studio at camfm.co.uk, using the online form, or by texting cam plus your message to 80809. All of that will cost you 10 pence. And we'll be back after this short musical break. On air, online, and across Cambridge. Your station. Your Cam FM. Welcome back to Cam FM. That was Only the Horses by Scissor Sisters. You're listening to Burst of Bubble, a show about unusual news stories. And we've got a technology-themed section now for you. Take it away, Chris. So, our first story all about uh, technology uh, is a cine world in a Welsh town. Which are, there we go. <laughs> Say that again? Awesome, okay. Uh, it can only be said in stereo. <laughs> <laughs> and slightly out of sync. <laughs> It's just the Welsh way. (laughs) 
But uh, the Welsh, the Cine world, necessarily a Welsh Cine world, that occupies that town, which it is called... It might be a single sort of outpost. You never know. It <laughs> might be sort of uh, like a, an embassy. It's just a Cine world in the desert. Yeah. And when I say the desert, I suppose I mean the continuation of Wales. <laughs> anyway, um, this Cine world uh, has started playing host to the meetings uh, of an evangelical Christian group, uh, which is named I-61. It's a very cool name. I sixty one U seven hundred and thirty. It's also quite cool because it's it's one of those things. It's almost the same upside down as when it's uh, forward, except for it would be sort of nineteen exclamation mark actually, which is entirely unlike I sixty one. Nineteen, nineteen. Probably a correction to the first one. Uh, I sixty one apparently resolves to uh, uh, a verse uh, which is named Isaiah uh, chapter sixty one. Um, but was so named by members of their congregation uh, because they said that it reminds them of iPhones. So they're explicitly uh, acknowledging the fact that they are doing something which is infringing an Apple-registered trademark. <laughs> I suppose they, so, they've, yes. exa- they've explicitly chosen their name As because it sounds like iPod and iPad. Try new iLord, very much like existing Lord, but with rounded corners and, <laughs> and shiny white plastic. Now, normally I would say that very few companies would try to sue God. But of one of the small number of companies I would expect to try and sue God would be Apple. <laughs> also, i61 sounds nothing like iPod, apart from the i at the start. And there are lots of things that have i at the start, like iPlayer. And iPhone. And iMac. <laughs> so hang on. So iWeb. Is your theory, Rich, that uh, the reason why Steve Jobs is, is now pushing up the daisies is because he is basically advanced counsel? Because oh, he, he, he was all, oh yeah, no, I won't be treating this terrible medical condition because I got it in for God. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get up there and give him what for. <laughs> Which unfortunately is one of the things that prevents you from entering. So it's, you know, it was a bit of a tussle with St. Peter, that one. <laughs> well, perhaps he just, well, he's got that reality distortion field famous, hasn't he? Like Steve Jobs. Ah. So he can go there and convince anyone of anything. So he walks up to the St. Peter and says, actually, you, why have you got this big book? <laughs> Why have you got this big book here? No, no. What you actually want is this new sort of iBook here, which has got, uh, it just lists anyone who's bought an Apple product as being allowed into heaven and no one else. It's just a picture of Jobs' face spinning. <laughs> that is about that picture of Jobs' face that was everywhere. And you know that picture, the one which had him sort of um, stroking his chin in a sort of, hmm, interesting sort of fashion that was yeah, everywhere yeah. when he died? That was actually a Photoshop. It was somebody else's hand. <laughs> no one knows as, his as if we is. couldn't have found a photograph of Steve Jobs stroking his chin <laughs> with, a, with a paparazzi players. following him for weeks sort of going come on and they, like, they kept on pitching him philosophical poses <laughs> in, <laughs> in the hope that he would stroke his chin whilst he was thinking about them but no like, no never I like to think there might be sort of a set of uh, memoirs you know like those memoirs I was Monty's treble it was like I'm go- I was Steve Jobs' hand in, in everything <laughs> he actually had no hands like, in all those presentations <laughs> I had to stand behind him and put my hand arms underneath his armpits and wave him around. <laughs> was it the same guy who provided David Bowie's hand for that scene in Labyrinth? Oh, with the balls, yeah. <laughs> I think you'd have to elaborate that whole people are going to be getting the wrong mental image. No, that scene in Labyrinth, because it, oh, Labyrinth is such a good film, but David Bowie <laughs> appears to sort of have this amazing sort of contact juggling skills, and the way they did it, which is, I think, wonderful about 80s films, the fact that they actually had really sensible ways of doing special effects. Nowadays, you would have, say, David Bowie, right, put a green glove on and start waving your hands around, and we'll do it in CGI. Uh, then they said, David, put your arm behind your back. We'll get someone who's got the same jacket on you to sit their hand underneath your armpit, who's actually a contact juggler. <laughs> and, that's, and that would save so much money in terms of CGI. That's a pretty awesome special effect. <laughs> in fact, I saw um, 
uh, one of those production blogs for the. I'm going off topic. Sorry, I, mean, I saw one of those production blogs for the uh, the Hobbit the other day, which had mm. uh, now in the Hobbit. There's a scene where they're floating down the stream in a load of barrels, and they had sort of filming them doing that. And uh, I noticed that the tops of all the barrels are going to be CG. The, the, Why? They, they, they've made the barrels up to about an inch below the top of the barrel, and then they've yeah. got a load of sort of fluorescent markers. And they're presumably going to replace the top of the barrel afterwards. I don't know why. I mean, it's just something like pop over the edge of the barrel. I, I tell you, know, can I imagine that it must be more expensive to make barrels than I thought of? That, that you can yeah. make sort of ninety-five percent of a barrel, but that extra five percent is going to be cost more than replacing every single barrel in post-production. <laughs> Maybe there's yeah, I don't know. It, it suggests that there's some like maybe Gandalf is required to like you know um, magically disintegrate some barrel tops or something. You <laughs> oh, know, like so ale will go, <laughs> and the hobbits will will get rascally drunk, uh, and the story will resume the next morning. Or perhaps it's so Peter Jackson can completely direct the sort of fl- slosh of water over the top of every barrel. <laughs> What, what, how do you direct water? Is it like going? Oh, I wonder. I, I, I want it to be more like swoosh than like slosh. <laughs> but, but perhaps you just have to generate an entire vocabulary for it. I mean, film. The film industry is not known for being afraid to invent new vocabulary, which is very hard to follow. <laughs> Uh, well, get, uh, getting back, back to the point, yeah. Meanwhile, back at the point, back at I sixty one, I sixty one, yeah, or nineteen, as I'm going to call it now. <laughs> uh, we, we have actually got uh, Isaiah sixty one here. Uh, Chris yes. will intone. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I thought it was quite inspiring. Uh, it, it really turned me around on the whole matter of uh, of whether or not to believe in God. Uh, it, it, it's <laughs> it's it's it's, um, it's titled "The Year of the Lord's Favor." Uh, who who he did a favour to, it's not mentioned. Uh, but the text goes, The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, which is mean, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from the darkness for the prisoners. Well, there was a typo in the Bible there. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, and the day of vengeance of our God. To provide comfort to all who mourn, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. For they are besieged, and they are besieged by many, and that many is as one. And that one is this kind of annoying guy who wears a suit and calls himself Smith, and we really hate that guy. Together, uh, Michael, one, two, three, and we see see what what you you did there. there. Hooray! (laughs) Moving on. Um, back um, to I, do, I, I did notice the bit about broken hearted just maybe uh, while you were reading that out as soon as you got to broken hearted I'm afraid I just tuned out because I, I was playing my internal sort of Jason Donovan thing, <laughs> what you know. became of the, the broken hearted <laughs> exactly yeah and so slightly, slightly out of time <laughs> and out of tune, tune yeah. <laughs> they played a bit part in the bible turns out I, to be the answer I was singing my own special key that's comment, uh, copyrighted <laughs> but I'm afraid that if, if you were trying to convert me at that point, I just I zoned out and I was just thinking of Jason Donovan all the time, <laughs> which is probably not what you want in a sort of man of God. That's the cause of the downfall of Christianity. That's the, that's their basic problem. They Jason need to Donovan they need stuff. to go through the text of just stripping out references to eighties pop stars. Every time I see a calendar, I think of Jason Donovan. Why <laughs> the the last uh, half of the month, the start of, the first letter every month uh, is Jason D. Uh, the last letter of the first month. letter sorry so July August September October November December yeah it's Jason D and every time <laughs> I see a calendar I can't not think of Jason Donovan exactly that way <laughs> I, it also makes me cross that the, fir- the, the first half of the year doesn't have anything so if, if I'm ever going to have a pop career I'm going to name myself after those <laughs> first few letters which would be really hard to pronounce but 
I, I'll put myself. It's a man day. But it'd be like putting yourself in the constellations, right? It'd be like sort of. Jason Donovan is immortalised forevermore in the latter half of the year, and, and there's a still there's a room in the first half of the year for someone. You are different, but <laughs> did you just look up what they were? No, I, I, I used I used my thinking brain to figure out what. Also, you remembering me saying the exact same thing thirty seconds ago, brain? Well, yes, um, but uh, it's no- interesting to note there uh, that um, the months of July and August were introduced. So July, this is August, August, this is July. Originally, the calendar uh, didn't say Jason D, it said Sun D, uh, which, considering this was Romans, was Sun 500. Oh, so yeah. presumably the emperor was just like, I'm really very tired. I have 127 sons, and that is enough. I'm changing this calendar so as to uh, to relieve this responsibility. And so he prophesied Jason Donovan. That was That's that was his way out of the the holy obligation. So you're saying, saying that the holy emperor Augustus prophesied the coming of Jason Donovan? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mainly as an excuse that he could he he could, he could lay a, lay a halt to the to the the sheer you would have procreation. You would have thought that that if that were the case then around the sort of time of the roman empire a book could have been written that prophesies the coming of someone impressive like jason donovan and as far as i know there's no book written around the time of the roman empire that prophesies the coming of some sort of amazing <laughs> messiah figure certainly not as amazing as jason donovan no, no certainly not as amazing as jason donovan yeah otherwise they'd be like they'd be sing- if they were such a p- person people would get together and sing songs in his honor right they, they sort of get his <laughs> yeah. greatest hits and uh, sing songs about it. There's that ancient Babylonian tablet that is the words to write said Fred. <laughs> but but that, that's actually a known bug in the human consciousness. That, like, <laughs> if, you leave a, if you raise a human population for 50 years, on average you'll get one right said Fred. Oh, right, it's just one of sort of um, uh, horrific emergent properties. Yeah, exactly. G- getting back to I-61. I- 60, 19! Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those guys. <laughs> um, they're, they, they're, interestingly, they, they occupy two different screens in Clandino's Cine World and it just made me think what happens if the uh, projection of music because they have like words projected onto the screen for their hymns what happens if they get slightly out of sync do you get this horrible distortion effect between the two screens if they've got the the song the the music to um, All Things Bright and Beautiful with the actual showing of Prometheus going on next door (laughs) that would be quite unfortunate really <laughs> I was like, must be quite awkward going, like, going, splitting up into two separate rooms for your for your church service like that. Well, mm. it depends. Perhaps they split it. It's because I remember in in physics in the university here, they have the, these two separate sort of lecture streams, <laughs> which is sort of the 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 one for people who've done further maths and one people who haven't, basically. So perhaps they just have two streams, like people who've done further Christianity and people who've just done like <laughs> normal Christianity. You don't really like they sort of they've had an advent calendar a couple of times. They thought Christmas is pretty nice. Want to know a bit more about the whole thing? <laughs> uh, they go to sort of the the, the B track. And the people who have uh, been reading the Bible since before they could read in a sort of wonderful inspiration by God sort of way, they go to the A track. <laughs> uh, uh, moving on to our other technology and internet story. The fact that this is, this is classed as a technology story makes me weep, you know. It reminds me of the dark days of the BBC technology section. Uh, this is a story that there is going to be a the internet cat video film festival at the end of the month in Minneapolis in the US. Which, the fact that it's got uh, essentially Failcat as the picture advertising this, I think is exceptionally correct. Failcat? Fail cat. Well, keyboard cat, you know, it's when uh, something fails. 
No. Really? Well, that's like that's a thing that you do. Is like somebody yeah. screws something up and say so you post a picture of a cat playing a piano. Have you not come? Okay, so so keyboard cat is a little sort of video of a cat playing a keyboard. But what yeah. you have to do is you have to take some video of someone having something horrifically horrendous happen to them, failing dismally, sort of falling off a cliff and yeah, yeah. bouncing thing. And then you have uh, you know, at the end of it, keyboard cat sort of doing the. And there any ones of cats doing the Benny Hill theme? Well, cats already run around like it's a Benny Hill theme, so if you speed them up, they just become completely unfollowable. <laughs> it's like trying to find the puck, puck in ice hockey. It's not going to do it. <laughs> I actually once tried to take a photograph of a cat and let have my camera set incorrectly. To so dog mode or something. <laughs> <laughs> just look like a dog, because it just replaces it. Because you can't detect cats, so it replaces it in post. No, it, 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 I just set the exposure time too long and this cat moves so fast and jumping over a fence that instead of a cat, what I got, actually got a picture of is... Have you ever seen that film Donnie Darko? Yes, with yes. The, with the kind of... That comes out of his uh, chest yeah, in the yeah, stream yeah. that he follows. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a, a cat-shaped blur that just like one of the, looks like one of those going over the fence. For a second there, I picture. thought you were going to say that some magic property of your camera made the cat look like that rabbit from Donnie <laughs> Darko, which would have been quite a shocking thing. <laughs> that would be terrifying. It would have been terrifying. Yeah, you know, be able to look at your, perhaps your cat just looks like that thing. I've seen some pretty horrible cats in my time, actually. Um, th- it, this has just just stopped you from speaking. This idea. I, 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 I was just like reading some of the articles. I was so shocked sh- uh, shocked by how much of a bad idea this is. I just couldn't couldn't speak anymore. Uh, the the, the uh, organizer has said has said I could not be more excited to literally bring this solo cat video viewing behavior out in the open. <laughs> is is this woman really called Katie Carnegie Hall or Carnegie Hill? <laughs> Carnegie Hill. I think that's a made-up name. <laughs> I think what they've done is they've taken something which is is like a, a famous venue to have silly things happen in, and they've they've munged with enough of the vowels and used strange consonants so that you don't notice. <laughs> but I, I try to work out what. Do they have like what, what strands do they have in this film festival? How do you like? Do you, like well, obviously, we've got cl- cats playing musical instruments. There's there's one strand. They'll have you have reaction of- cats. You know, where you have sort of cats that have uh, expressions on their face that make it look like they're surprised, shocked, annoyed. Oh, no, not 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 like like cats that you put together with some chemical. You get an entirely different type of cat. No, not not like sort of. We took a video of a cat and put it in some sulfuric acid to see what would happen. Behold, oxidizing cat. <laughs> exactly. That science gone mad. <laughs> That's why you need an ethics committee. <laughs> uh, or eth- what would ethics cat be? <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know what ethics is, which is bizarre, because in fact I was on the ethics committee <laughs> for my department once. <laughs> ethics cat would just keep on like, like latching onto the face of the Archbishop of Canterbury or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> but in an ethical way. <laughs> Close friends with sustainable development cat. <laughs> <laughs> ethics oh, cat is it- not itself ethical. Uh, for that, you need um, uh, um, meta ethics weevil, uh, which <laughs> is sort of sat on the head of ethics cat and sort of gnawing at it but if I, ethics cat is quite resistant to the meta ethics if i were to nominate something that's happened in this show that would be worthy of putting on a t-shirt the phrase ethics cat is not ethical it's going to definitely <laughs> yeah. be one of those uh, I, I'm, I'm just wondering um whether you kind of ethics cat and stuff like that do we also have the uh ben nevis's legacy cat <laughs> oh god ben nevis's legacy cat has got no legacy <laughs> I don't, I don't know where this has gone, frankly. I am completely lost in uh, well, this. I don't understand this It's the problem about business. cat videos, right? The cat videos are the sort of... It used to be said that sarcasm was the lowest form of wit. 
and then the internet was invented and the internet managed to find a lower form of wit i mean that's quite impressive really considering the fact that you had something which was already stated to be the absolute nadir of wit and now you've managed to if you basically if you took something that was being sarcastic and you put a picture of a cat on top of it it gets less funny but more internet funny I would posit that there is one lower form of humour, that if you take an internet cat video, uh, extend it to approximately 20 times its normal length, uh, and remove the sort of pleasing whimsy that is the involvement of felines, you end up with an episode of the Big Bang Theory. Oh, yes. They're, they're, they're the most hated of things. That, that is the lowest form of humour. Actually, I've just remembered another one. It's taking sort of 30-second cat videos and then repeatedly cut and pasting it so it's 10 hours long and uploading it to YouTube. <laughs> like, have you seen the 10-hour-long re- me- remix of They're Taking the Hobbits to Isengard? No, yeah, because we really? have lives. Well, I don't have a life. Well, yeah, that's. <laughs> we would have died of boredom. I suppose the fact that we're still alive <laughs> indicates we have not seen the entire 10 hour length of that video. But the thing is, you don't know whether there's secretly somewhere in that video there might be some really good stuff. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but, but by, by, by that logic, uh, the, I, I could also just look for the secret good stuff in the videos that people have actually said was good. Or alternatively, just wait until someone has watched the 10 hour video. And then posted, oh, lol, at 5243 or something. But where will you find all of your really good, tediously avant-garde material? That's all in the massive cat videos. Tediously avant-garde. The fact that the fact that it is so avant-garde is tedious, but that does not uh, sully the fact that it is actually the most glorious entertainment. <laughs> it's hidden there mainly as a practical joke at the expense of humanity. <laughs> I, I do not know. This This is a poser. <laughs> essentially this article just makes me lose all faith in humanity because uh, I have a, well i have a sort of handy little set of sentinels for determining whether something is worth reading or not and this this fails one of them which is if it contains the word cheeseburger spelt with a z then i don't have to read the whole article <laughs> and this this has it in droves <laughs> all the word viral actually if it's not anything to do with about viruses or in fact if it has the phrase social media consultant that is also quite a good way of throwing it out. The, the, there's there's a, a guy from... Or a Facebook campaign, actually, as well. <laughs> there's a guy, Ed Robinson, from the Vile Factory, which is apparently a London-based agency. Oh, is it a London-based social media consultancy, is it? Oh, oh well, there we are. I'm, I, I care about what this person says. <laughs> who, I really do. Who gives that us... That was the second lowest form of wit right there. <laughs> who, who gives us the uh, wonderfully deep and insightful quote, there are theories that dogs are making a resurgence. Uh, coming soon you know but given your sheer loathing of these things I, I'm, I'm now picturing you sort of going on some kind of a campaign you know maybe donning a cape and running through town with a sack of cheeseburgers and just running up to cats and going here's your damn cheeseburger <laughs> and if you do that enough nobody will ever be able to make a make a cat video again there'll just be lots of cat video bloopers where they get halfway through and then you bust through <laughs> the window shove a cheeseburger in their face and go there now now switch off the camera well i'm, I'm just hoping there's gonna be, i'm gonna try and beat them at their own game i'm just gonna set up a, cat, a page on facebook that says i don't like cats and see how many likes i get <laughs> or is that is a like of disliking cats equivalent to not liking cats or is it just an approval of it mm. Mm. <laughs> i think it approves of your dislike it says good for you you dislike the cats we will like the cats you will not have happiness are you suggesting that everyone on facebook who likes something is going to do it in sort of the voltaire sense of now i may disagree with what you like <laughs> but i shall i shall fight for your right to dislike it <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you've got any comments on cats or Voltairean philosophy, you can get in touch with our studio at camfm.co.uk, using the web form on camfm.co.uk, or texting cam plus your message to 80809. 
and to uh, to cleanse the palette of the um, modern cats, here is a slightly older classic track. 97.2 camfm.co.uk On air and online, your camfm. Welcome back to Burst of Bubble. That was Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus. Uh, and we've had an email actually join that song, which stated that censorship... Censorship. Censorship cat has got at this song. There we go, I can actually speak. Enunciation, Enunciation cat has not. <laughs> <laughs> jinx, jinx, jinx. Um, you can't get jinx when I'm doing a radio show. Chris <laughs> is unable to speak for the entire duration of the rest of the radio show. Suits me, I'm reading the paper. <laughs> Uh, yeah, censorship had been in that song because uh, a lot of the things got cut out, which I think we commented on the studio as well, didn't we, at the time? Yeah, we, we, we were surprised at quite how much is being uh, cut out for the radio edit, but there you go. Particularly because we had another song on. Now, I know I can say this word because it was in the song. Because <laughs> we just played just it. Before <laughs> we had it on, right? Particularly because we had uh, I'm horny, 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 horny on before, right? So, it's about being a rhino. It's not about being a rhino. <laughs> it's about a, a person who's horny. Meaning Because they're a rhino. No, it means that they're excited in a, in a sense that I probably can't say. <laughs> oh dear well uh, moving on uh, we talk about silly news stories and uh, we've got a, a, an, in, an interesting societal story here yeah apparently oh well okay I'm sure, why don't I introduce this one since I just appeared to have started well, yeah. <laughs> <Go for laughs> apparently um, uh, some researchers uh, somewhere I can't see where uh, so have made a old age suit which is in order to uh, I believe educates uh, people who are going to be clicking Caring for elderly people, elderly people, elderly people. Oh my lord! About what it's going to be like to be old. Um, Tongue-tied cat has been tongue-tied. about a lot. Today. He has. He has. We're all rubbish today. Um, apparently, this suits simulates some of the uh, symptoms about, about being old age, which is a uh, poor eyesight, uh, heavy chest, sore knees, sort of growing sense of right wingness. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst you're wearing this suit, uh, anything you say comes out as a racist remark, which is quite difficult. You have to modulate information into into racist remarks. People do that though on uh, on iPhones. They do that sort of joke where if let someone leaves their own phone, iPhone a lot goes to the toilet, you replace uh, the sort of quick replace things. <laughs> uh, one to do with people who are pedants is to swap your and its around to the wrong ones. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Cause them to lose all sense of self worth. D- disable their close bracket button. Oh no, I can't handle dangling brackets. That makes me <laughs> die. Um, so yeah, it makes you have stiff joints. Uh, it gives you a sort of strangely fuzzy view of the world. Uh, you have to wear big uh, gloves. Um, it, it, you know, it reminds me of those suits that they're supposed to be sympathy suits, so that men can feel like we're like to be pregnant. Oh yeah, yeah. We um, basically just hang a big old weight off your off your front. Yeah, and, and just get annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> That way, when the baby comes, you both have bad backs, and neither one of you is actually capable of lifting things. So the, the, that's what we're looking for. It's quite good the way it simulates it as well, because of the fact that you're the person who has to put the suits on to simulate pregnancy, it also gives you that sort of realisation that it's actually all your fault as yeah. well, and that you wish this upon yourself. <laughs> could you could you maybe wear one as a woman, like like the, oh, yes, like so at the very start, wear the suit, and then gradually reduce the size of the suit to the point that you're bearing a constant weight rather than a gradually increasing one, so that you'll be well trained up by the time it's the real deal. Or as a sort of uh, the moment you come off contraception, you put the pregnancy suit on, so you don't even notice uh, until you're actually <laughs> given birth, and then you put the pregnancy suit <laughs> back on because your body's got you so used to it. You feel. Like, I mean, what would it be like to be anti-pregnant? <laughs> I uh, like clinically I malnourished, I suppose. I don't, I don't know. I mean, presumably, <laughs> yeah. that's what it'd be like. Ah, no, move on. 
quote. There's a wonderful quote here from uh, the director of um, the, the students of medicine who are going to be in, in a suit. Which is, My aim is to turn young, peop- young energetic people into slow, creaking beings. It's, it's interesting that... that no, no, you, Beer you get, does that to me. <laughs> you get you, you go from a people to a being, apparently, with this suit on. Well, that's because old people aren't people anymore, they're just beings. Mere beings. Uh, it's not precisely what you actually want to instill in your <laughs> medical stu- geriatric students. Well, they're just, just beings, the way, dear. Just uh, the way society is, you know. As soon as you, you get beyond a certain age, which is always ten years beyond your current age... <laughs> it's a slight worrying when you're two. <laughs> <laughs> These twelve-year-olds are past it. When you are two, though, twelve seems a million years away. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so, uh, until you develop math skills and then realise it was ten. That's true. That's true. I quite like the fact that the um, the people who developed these elder load trousers, uh, whenever you're going to call them, El- uh, elder load trousers. Elder, elder load trousers. That's what. I, that's like I'm 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 trademarking that. Uh, but um, the the group who developed it was the Berlin Evangelical Geriatric Center, which just suggests to me somebody standing in the middle of the road going, "Have you considered aging fifty years? <laughs> I will slowly over the course of the next half century. You're going to get old." <laughs> or well, or is it just sort of um, the sort of equivalent of the Westboro Church, where they just stand and say, "We we hate young people," uh, <laughs> until you uh, accept the word of of being old, uh, which coincidentally <laughs> takes about seventy odd years. Yeah, we hate you, and we think that you're uh, not worthy of anything. The doctrine against fun. <laughs> old people can have fun as well. Exactly the same way that young people can have fun and medium aged people can have fun. Everyone can have fun, and just in different ways. Only Some of them involve like cribbage and dominoes, <laughs> yes. and ones involve hard drugs, <laughs> and raves, and glow sticks. And I'm showing the fact that I, that I lasted this in the 90s. You can, have a, you can have a glow stick, but only if it's in a well-lighted room in the centre of a table and nobody's touching it. You just sort of stare at the glow stick. I completely freaked myself out um, the other day when I had a glow stick. That's it, the other day. It was like two years ago. <laughs> Did you drink it? No, no, I, I, I just, it was, I went to a ball, as it does, and they had glow sticks, and I came back and I was in bed and um, <laughs> had the, the glow stick in my room. And I sort of woke up and my sort of slightly still dreaming mind thought it was a bar of uranium. And I was convinced <laughs> I'd just given myself radiation poisoning. I was so genuinely really quite worried. I woke up, I thought, oh God, I've given myself cancer. And I realised, no, I haven't. I've just been to quite a naff party. <laughs> uh, yeah, so old people. Oh, uh, we, we move on to uh, a next story, which is um, involves some old people, but is uh, much more heartwarming, I think, than the one we've just discussed. Mm-hmm. You, uh, it's sort of heart carving, isn't it? <laughs> um, felling. A uh, aerial photograph has revealed um, that thousands of oak trees were planted uh, by a farmer as a tribute to his late wife, and they have left a heart-shaped meadow in the centre. Um, so 17 years, these trees have been slowly growing to form this memorial. Um, for Winston, who um, made by Winston Howells, who's seventy years old, who planted the oak saplings after his wife of thirty-three years, Janet, died suddenly seventeen years ago. Oh, that's uh, a very sweet story. Uh, it's just a very sweet story. It makes me feel quite embarrassed about uh, the amount of time and effort I went into when it was snowing, writing a very large obscene word in St John's playing field, <laughs> <laughs> which was, would only have been really accessible from the air. But I felt happy about knowing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, a friend of mine did it and told me all about it. You could, um, if you're going to show something that can only be visible from the air, like construct a false aerodrome. 
you know, <laughs> that you can, you can lure in single seaters. On the off chance that there are some sort of German bombers who have got a bit late <laughs> to the party. <laughs> I, I, I quite like to just write something seen only from the air that just says, this way up. It would be brilliant. Because it, it would be accurate. <laughs> in some senses. Oh, well, I, I don't know. If, if, you, if you take it as how boxes say this this side up and it would be on the top of the box, this way up would be on the top of the box. But on the other hand, it could really confuse some people and go looking down and going with this way up. And he's like, no, that's down. <laughs> you, could, um, you could spark a conspiracy theory. Um, grow a forest that says something like, you know, the lizard president is here, don't tell anyone. Uh, <laughs> and, and then a week later, cut it down. So, you know... <laughs> Your, your crime will be preserved on Google Maps forevermore. In fact, in any way, sort of... I, the thing is, people do that sort of thing on Google Street View, where they get wind of the fact that Google Street View is coming around, and they sort of do crazy things on Google Street View. If you somehow knew when the Google sort of mapping helicopter or whatever was going to fly over, or the Google satellite, or whatever it is that does yeah. the aerial photo... I think if I knew it was coming, I'd have my face in every window. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, um, you know, the school photo, yep, you know, yeah, yeah. except I say, you know that. Do you, do you remember in the 1930s? I do. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> when but, the person would come with the old legacy film technology and rotate it from one side <laughs> to the other. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, you'd have to really delay the Google Street View van in order to get this to happen. <laughs> like scatter so caltrops like, <laughs> across, the, across the street. Scatter what? Caltrops. What's a caltrop? They're like catnip, but different. Oh, they're like, like, like bear traps. You're thinking of like essentially scattering thumbtacks so that the driver sort of goes, ooh, except for they're bear traps. So when he opens the door, he goes, gosh. <laughs> then the, the, presumably the Google Street View van is advancing at the pace at which they can dispatch new drivers to replace <laughs> the ones that you have killed with caltrops. It's not bear, it's an anti personnel spiky. There's weapon. a lot of spiky things you can throw down. Oh, right, okay. Yes. Uh, the... the what, what were we talking about? Google Street I, View I, and being in photos. No, no, no the, the actual story. Oh, the, the, it's the, the heart, the, the love heart. heart thing. In, yeah, heart, heart in, the, in the English countryside. I, I was interested to do it that way around, actually, because I would have thought it would be more sensible to build a little copse in the shape of a heart, not to have a copse which has got a heart clearing in it. <laughs> uh, uh, perhaps uh, I've just got a very negative outlook in a literal sense. You know? <laughs> I guess this one is more secret. Um, because you can't tell from the outside that, well, you it, still that could, it is what it is. I don't think you could tell from the outside that, uh, that uh, a copse is a heart shape, unless you're in the air. I mean, yeah. you, you could if you measured it, but I don't think if you're driving on the A11. I, I, yeah. I think the kind of, like, indent at the top of the heart would be a lot more obvious. No, if maybe. It was, if it was there. Kind of going, oh, there's a dent here. Perhaps if I walk around, ah, oh, it comes to a point. If you just looked at that end, you might think they've grown something else. <laughs> and, and then go around the other end and go, that's generously, oh, it's a heart. <laughs> Uh, apparently it points at uh, her childhood home as well is this, do, do you think the sort of the famous um, uh, men and so and forth that have been drawn inside of hillsides by Neolithic people do you think they were some of the sort of idea <laughs> that uh, some widow was remembering fondly her, her husband and decided to paint him 70 foot tall inside of a hillside he did so love horses <laughs> he did so yeah, well yes. <laughs> uh, and the crop circles are the alien equivalent of these so when, so when they have purely spherical hearts when, when a, an alien's uh, signal that they dies they think well what will really sort of show them up is to go go and write uh, a little not, uh, draw a, a heart on earth 
I confused a primitive species for you, my darling. <laughs> Do you think the aliens have got a sort of Google Maps, but for sort of primitive species? So you can sit there and, go and have a good old chuckle at them. <laughs> but perhaps um, all the sort of crop circles may just actually be obscene words in, in alien dialects and things like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally went and le- left an ob- obscene word on that on that planet. I mean, my mate went and made an obscene word on that planet yeah, and exactly, came back exactly. and told me about all, it. The entirety of the fjords up in Norway are actually sort of horrifically nasty things in various <laughs> forms of uh, alien language it all just says lol mammals and <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, the, the aliens of course have um a keyboard human <laughs> which is just a video of a pair of aliens with like an unconscious human sort of going hey look he's playing the thing he's playing the thing are, are you saying that, that human abduction by aliens is actually so that they can make really rubbishy videos for the sort of also that that's how YouTube. concert pianists come to be it's not it's not, it's not <laughs> videos by that point it's fully 3d brain experiences for them like but yes full, full 3d brain experience of, of an unconscious man playing a keyboard yes <laughs> mm. and on that note we're gonna have to finish there thank you oh. very much chris and rich uh, thank you um for the, the one email we got in we are very appreciative and uh yes thank we'll you 82 dot something dot something, dot something. <laughs> uh, and uh we'll, we'll be back in a few weeks time indeed we'll see you then